This is a Boathouse Studios podcast. To support this podcast and other podcasts like it, visit patreon.com slash Boathouse Studios or subscribe to Boathouse Studios on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your ear content. You can also visit us at BoathouseStudios.com in order to listen to this podcast and every other podcast in the Boathouse Network. That's Boathouse Studios, B-O-A-T-H-A-U-S Studios, house spelt the German way. First Bush invades my home turf, then he takes my pals, then he makes fun of the way I talk. Probably. Now he steals my right to raise a disobedient, smart-alecky son. Well, that's it. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors Live! Wow. Wow, you guys did an incredible job of that. And there's the Simpsons theme song playing. The one that we love so much. The one we all know and love. For those of you who have bingo cards in front of you... Fuck you, Algene. Yeah, there's your free square. There's your free square. Um, we are the two bad neighbors. My name is Vance. <laughs> there's, my name's Alan. <laughs> there's another bingo spot for you. I had to put that one in because of you. Yeah, you're welcome. That is my absolute favorite joke. Uh, <laughs> it's not mine. So. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, thanks for coming, everybody. Uh, we're really excited to do this. We have some guests lined up to help us chat about this episode. Uh, for those that aren't aware... Uh, probably the people who are listening to this who aren't here because this will be released as well <laughs> online. Uh, we are talking about the episode Two Bad Neighbors. The, uh, the titular episode. The titular of episode our of our podcast. Yeah. Uh, how weird that it <laughs> worked out this way that our hundredth episode is about the episode Two Bad Neighbors. We didn't plan this. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. This is a stroke of blind luck by two people who don't plan damn things. Yeah. Especially tonight. Uh, yeah. Let's check my notes. Yeah. Good. Don't plan anything. All right. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> before we get rolling here, uh, we just have to, uh, some uh, housekeeping stuff to go through. Uh, so yeah, Greg mentioned there are bingo cards. Uh, yeah. There actually is a prize for anyone who gets a bingo at some point tonight. Uh, we have a uh, signed copy of Planet Simpson, which is by author Chris Turner, who you will meet shortly. So Greg's fixing himself a Skittle brow. Uh, <laughs> I decided not to have that. Uh, for anyone who subscribes to us on Patreon, we did a uh, BBBQ, which uh, our friend uh, Dr. Ife Abiola, he prepared a bunch of weird food for us from The Simpsons, and we ate them. One of them was Skittle brow, yes. and I must say, try it. I won't say if it's good or not. Uh, but yeah, so ah, there's so, candy in that. <laughs> it's weird. So enjoy uh, the bingo cards. Uh, you know, it's it's all for fun. But if anyone does get a bingo at some point, please shout out bingo and we'll give you a prize. So uh, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to mention before we get rolling is uh, we will be doing a short Q&A near the end of this as well. Uh, and we figured the best way to kind of uh, coordinate that is if you have a question you want to ask us or Chris or, you know, just in general about the episode or about The Simpsons or about uh, Planet Simpson, uh, please tweet at us at Bad Neighbors Pod. And if you don't like or hate Twitter, please email us <laughs> at thehammockdistrictonthird at gmail.com. Numerical three. Thank you. Uh, so that we will get those. You can do that at any, any point tonight, and then we'll check them when we're in the Q&A portion. Yeah. Uh, I'll check Twitter because Greg hates it. I'll check Gmail because I'm fine with it. Yeah, and then we'll go through some Q&A, and we'll uh, hopefully answer some questions. And if there's nothing, then great. We'll be done early. Uh, 
without further adieu, or a we, sure, should we bring up our guests, our special guests for the evening? The first one, yes, of the eve. You may know him as a author. You may know him as a future and past guest of this podcast. <laughs> but most importantly, you know him tonight as Chris Turner. Author of the book, Planet Simpson. Yeah, here he comes. Come on down, Chris. Oh, man. This is very exciting for us. I once read this. Uh, If you want to have a seat over here. Yeah, this one over here is yours. You're going to be here for a while. So we're going to put you on that side so that this side can rotate out. We decided not to let him leave us uh, for this whole hour. Yeah, he's going to stay here and we're going to bug him. Yeah. Uh, Chris, thanks so much for coming. My pleasure. Uh, so for those that uh, are not aware, uh, would you like to tell them a little bit about your book, Planet Simpson? Uh, yeah, so uh, my book, Planet Simpson, uh, came out in 2004, which begins to date me. Uh, date, dating myself even further, uh, episodes like the one we just saw used to be shown live in bars when I was in undergrad, so that's how old I am when it was first aired. Uh, the book uh, is kind of a cultural history of the show. Uh, it was at a time just before constantly talking about television online became a thing. So at the time, it was kind of weird to have like a big, long, overly kind of discursive analysis of a TV show. Uh, Publishers and booksellers, some of them were like, why would anyone want to read this much about a TV show? TV still had that sort of, just as recently as 2004, still had that bias of like, it's, it's kind of junk food. Yeah. Uh, no one's going to read a big, long thing about TV. Of course, this is a totally different era now, and, and there's an entire industry of just recapping what happened most recently on television. So uh, uh, Simpsons do you th- did kind of invent that. And so do you think yeah. that's a good thing, uh, the recap era that we live in right now? I think it, it hurts I think, me. I think it has good thing, good aspects, yeah. but it may may be getting to a point when we've got this like forensic analysis of Marvel trailers. Yes, yeah. I was just uh, going to bring yeah, that yeah, up. Yeah, that's yeah. my <laughs> least favorite thing. That's like a thing right now. It's like here's twenty five Easter eggs you missed from the new Spider Man trailer. Yeah. It's like I don't care. <laughs> just just also, leave it alone. Also, Ezra, I think we can bump Chris a bit. If you wouldn't mind. Yeah. That would be great. So he doesn't have to make out with the microphone like I currently am. Nom, nom, but he nom. can if he wants. I oh, mean, yeah. sit back and be much more mellow. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Much more mellow. Um, so uh, Chris has guested on our, our show once before, uh, but this is the, the second time we've had him. Uh, and this is your first time at uh, Trivia as well. Is that correct? It is. Basically, because I, I didn't want to ruin my... You know, if, you, if you've written an entire book on a thing, <laughs> you should probably be good at... <laughs> right, and I, I don't think I probably am. So perfect. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad to hear that because we already have stiff enough competition as it is, right? Greg? We sure do, and I totally get that inclination. It's one of the reasons I stopped coming. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's just like because you're oh, a quitter. So I am a quitter, and two, uh, well, yeah, I went to Sate for a week and quit. So yep. there you go. Uh, and two, true story. Yeah, <laughs> he's not joking. <laughs> Thanks, Bob and Dad. <laughs> <laughs> My parents are here tonight. They didn't understand the episode or get it very much, but they're here because they love me and I love them. Thank you so much for being here tonight. What was I saying? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Quitting? Something about quitting? Something about quitting. Let's quit this conversation and yes, move on. Let's. Uh, uh, <laughs> trivia is going to be fun. That's what I meant to say. Yes. It's okay. Really, yes. It's really difficult to be like um, someone who's who claims to have like a a body of knowledge, and then get beat week after week, month after month at trivia. Yeah. It, uh, it's embarrassing. So <laughs> well, good the, luck. Well, this was a thing that actually, when the, when the book came out, and it, it uh, did quite well internationally, and I, I, I got to do all kinds of crazy touring around it. And often when you do media, 
the person who's interviewing you has read like three lines on their sheet for that day about what was happening. And so often they would think I was some sort of deranged super fan and they would like, you know, try and you know, quiz me. I was on Australian radio right. competing with some guy from their, you know, from their, their stable of disc jockeys to see if I could beat him at trivia. Wow. Um, and, I, and I didn't. No. <laughs> uh, and they're like, ha, that's gotcha trivia. <laughs> Your book is like this really incredible in-depth analysis of what makes The Simpsons The Simpsons. And I personally, I really, really love it. And uh, that's one of the things you can win tonight. Yeah. And I mean, uh, from a, a, a plebs standpoint, <laughs> uh, the reason why we, you know, we asked Chris to be on the podcast in the past and then again tonight is because we are huge fans of his book. So yes. we read it, uh, you know, long ago, long before I even realized he lived in Calgary <laughs> um, or at least was Calgary based. Um, uh, don't look up his address. Uh it's, it's not far away. <laughs> we can go back there after. Yeah, great. All right. After party at Chris's. Um, I have a Springfield Isotopes ball cap. I could auction that off. There we go. See? Everything's coming up. Millhouse. All right. Uh, but, yeah, we are big fans. And, yes, Greg is showing the sp- sp- sprinkle brow, skittle brow, sorry. That's the uh, bottom of the glass. Speaking of, uh, have you guys tried this, the sprinkle brow here that Big Rock uh, Brewery has made for Simpsons Trivia? It's better than what I just did. <laughs> it tastes like a donut. It's great. Yeah, uh, well, I was going to cheers you, Greg, but... Uh, oh, I still got a little. Okay, great. Cheers. And cheers, Chris. Cheers. Thanks for coming. I We're going to get rolling. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, we've just been handed something. I've just been handed some... Special uh, news bulletin. Some tasting notes. <laughs> um, about the uh, the sprinkle brow. About uh, peppermint porter. Uh, who has the peppermint porter? I do. Is that what you... Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, ingredients? Ale? Yeah. Okay. Uh, crushed peppermint leaves, roasted cocoa nibs, and spiced vanilla sugar. It's that easy to it's brew your own beer. inspired <laughs> by York peppermint patties and chocolatey minty goodness. That's the point. Beautiful. I guess. I so don't know. you guys Thanks, can enjoy I that uh, here at <laughs> Simpsons Trivia. They all, Big Rock always makes a special sprinkle brow for uh, Simpsons Trivia, so yeah. that's the one for tonight. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to start talking about the episode, so it. let's roll into it. Uh, so this is, of course, the 13th episode of Season 7. It was written by Ken Keeler, directed by Wes Archer, and its original air date was January 14th, 1996. Man, we are just nailing this. Yeah. Can anybody do a quick math what the anniversary is of that? <laughs> 20... Quick maths. 23 years. 20... What? 23 years. 23 See? years! That's, That's why he's here. Yes. <laughs> Just to do math for us. Thank you very much. <laughs> There's a reason so, we do podcasts. Uh, this, is a, this is an interesting episode because the history between the Bushes... And The Simpsons is storied. It's just fascinating. Uh, so for those that aren't aware, basically, uh, I believe it was Barbara Bush, I believe, started the kind of feud, as it were. Was it uh, Barbara or was, I it, believe uh, it was. Or was it George? It was Barbara first. Yeah. Barbara first. Barbara called it the dumbest thing she'd ever seen. All right. Yes. In, in like a People magazine interview in 1989 or yeah. something. Yeah, like so that. like when it was new, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, Bartmania and that kind of thing. Uh, and then... The Simpsons writers wrote a letter to Barbara Bush as Marge Simpson and right. had Julie Kavner like record it and and send it to her, basically being like, "Hey, we're not that bad. Please <laughs> like us." Uh, I'm not gonna, you know, I don't remember the whole thing, but uh, <laughs> maybe you remember more details about it. But uh, basically, it was sort of a like like mother to mother, like you know, please don't think we're so bad. We have our problem. It was you know just this cute little. It was it was thing. you know kind of satirical, but also kind of just like, hey, don't be mean to us. But it, they were also kind of digging at at them a little bit. But it was mostly sweet and just trying to like quell the feud. And then years later, uh, George it, Herbert Walker Bush, uh, who we'll talk about quite a bit, uh, he. 
said, uh, I think it was on, a t- on an interview, or not an interview, sorry, but like a speech rally, like a rally or something. He said that uh, he wants people to be more like the Waltons and less like the Simpsons. Uh, the Waltons, for those that aren't aware, an old, super old TV show where everyone's super great and uh, everything's... Dying of scurvy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's really, very really, much... Really wholesome and dying. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. an aw shucks Which is what show. everyone hopes for yeah. in the world. Death uh, by scurvy. Very... <laughs> Early that was actually, it, was a, it was a campaign speech. That was, yeah. really, like, right. it was, it, it, that was the, the beginnings of what we now think of as the sort of culture wars, family value, values wars, was George Bush. Uh, they attacked a bunch of stuff. Uh, his running mate, Dan Quayle, attacked Murphy Brown as being <laughs> bad for America because she was a single mom. Well, Dan Quayle's um, an embarrassment. Yes, well, yes. We <laughs> used to think that was a low bar for politics, and now here we are. Uh, here we are. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so on the campaign trail, he, he takes this dig at the... Uh, and uh, right after that, uh, on an, a re-airing of an episode, uh, they, they actually animated and recorded this quick little intro right before the credits where they're watching, the Simpsons family in-universe are watching this speech happen. Live action. Yeah. The live action well, yeah, the live action speech. speech. Yeah. And they're all cartoons, obviously. Yeah. And uh, they're watching it, and he says that line... And Bart says, hey, we're just like the Waltons. We're praying for an end to the Depression, too. Uh, which is a dig at Mr. Mr. Bush. Um, yeah. And it was a difficult time for our nation. Yes. Uh, around there, it was. There was a, you know, their nation, I guess. Going on. The, the uh, U.S. nation. Well, Canada was also in, in recession, but let's I don't not know. go there. Yeah. That's, that's I don't, the dullest possible I don't know anything about history. We could t- <laughs> we could no too bad historians. That's there us. You there you go. Bingo. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, the, the, so this is a thing where, where I'm the old man sitting here with an onion <laughs> tied to my belt to tell you, uh, lo- inserting a new piece of material into a show like that was not often done. Uh, yeah, exactly. Had never done it before. It's now kind of commonplace. And I mean, like I think I think South Park like writes like the you know the day you know the day yeah. before it airs. Practice, They're notoriously yeah, yeah they uh, they kind of do all their stuff right was before. Nothing topical like that. So it was kind of this very pointed dig. Yep. At 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 the Bush uh, administration as it was trying to be reelected. Yeah. So so that's been kind of just a season. That was like I want to say like season three or so is when that happened. Sounds Something right. like that. So this is season seven. So like they've been kind of st- not I, sh- I shouldn't say stewing, but they've been thinking about this. I imagine for a long time. I think it was best for them to wait until he wasn't the president anymore. Yes. That was probably a great idea. Yes. So and that they could roast the new guy, and he'd be like, oh, well, we didn't forget about you, Bush. Yeah, exactly. Well, and also, they, they're very, very pointedly don't make this episode political. Uh, yeah, they have true. a lot of political references, but they don't ever, you know, talk about his politics and, like, how, you know, the tax hike is maybe the closest thing that comes to actually, like, talking <laughs> about his politics. But for the most part, it's just, he's just a crotchety old man. Yeah. <laughs> he's just the next-door neighbor who's like, hey, stop it, everybody. <laughs> um, and I think that's very uh, important for why this episode's successful, because if it's got too political, I don't know about you guys, I would probably not enjoy it as much. It would definitely not age as well. Yeah. I mean, like, there's the there's the tax hike thing. There's the Noriega thing, which, if you want to like look those up, they're readily available on Wikipedia, which is wonderful. But like, those are pretty much the biggest ones that are also played as jokes, and they don't really ever go back to doing political humor, which makes it uh, another example of a timeless episode in The Simpsons' Golden Age, uh, which. We are so thankfully currently in. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and we can all talk and agree on things. Yes. Right? Agreed. Okay. Um, but yeah, like it was, it's a really great idea to avoid at all costs anything that's going to date this, this particular episode uh, as political. 
Um, I guess you could argue that just by introducing the concepts of George Bush and, of course, to a lesser extent, Gerald Ford, uh, that that dates it. But I mean, they're United States presidents. They're uh, they're historical. Yeah, and it's not it's not about you know you know the 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 the, the early nineties recession and and. You know George George Bush Senior's economic policy. It's they, he he just becomes sort of this character in the universe. Yeah. yeah. Who who ultimately is having this sort of you know uh, Dennis the Menace style feud with <laughs> with Bart and 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 they, yeah it's it and it, I think it gets at the thing that they did so well in that period, which is not to kind of you know take sort of easy topical digs. The one you didn't mention, by the way, which is my favorite, is the Japanese banquet. Oh yes, <laughs> of course. Well, which if you're not aware, George Bush uh, uh, threw up and passed out at a. Uh, uh, on the uh, Japanese prime minister, on, on I believe. The prime minister of Japan at an official function. Yep. Uh, while he was president, and so that was what that. It's, it's still. I cannot think of like anytime I think of like someone's like using a line to pick a fight. I always think I, I'll ruin you like a Japanese. Banquet. <laughs> I use it all the time. It's one of my, it's, it's one of my go-to lines of the show. So. It's a great line. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the other thing that's really interesting is that they have. I think this might be. And correct me if I'm wrong, but this might be the first time they've had like a real person in universe not voiced by that person as a main character in the episode as far as i can remember like there's cameos sometimes yeah. where they'll have you know one of the voice actors do the the voice but this is like harry Shearer doing an amazing george bush yep. throughout this episode i mean obviously they weren't going to get actual george bush come no. on uh that'd be quite the get but it's 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 interesting because of that, because usually, especially nowadays, you know, when we talk about zombie Simpsons, they have, yeah, that, that's right. That is a bingo thing. <laughs> uh, they have the actual actors come on and play themselves way more often than they did in the golden age. They, uh, yeah, they do. And it's of course to diminishing returns, something that I would, Oh, did you already get a bingo? We got a bingo already. Oh, oh my boy. God. Uh, oh my Yay, God. No, come on. She, that's yeah, great. That's awesome. <laughs> And I didn't even get to just start babbling about how great Phil Hartman is. Yeah, we were going to, we were planning to, I, I, I've been waiting to do. <laughs> we were definitely going to start rattling through there. some of the things. I want to open this though. Well, that's a good time. Yeah. So Christy uh, is the winner of the bingo. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get you your prize uh, shortly here, Christy. But this is she also be, gave us a gift. This is going to be terrible on the podcast. But oh yeah, this is going to be great for the listeners. I'm going to describe it. It's wrapped. We decided we wanted to open it on stage. It's Santa Claus type wrapping. It's got a bunch of reindeers on it. So <laughs> reindeers or reindeer? I think it's just reindeer. Just reindeer? Yeah. Okay. It's like deer. You don't pluralize right, deer. Right, 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 yeah. right. What do we got? What do we got? Oh, it's, a, it's a DVD of it's some It's a DVD. Kind. It's a movie. It's uh. <laughs> oh, my God. Is it? Give me it. It's Pocahontas and Pocahontas 2. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Christy, uh, you, you're the one who organizes, like, the, prince, the bad princess parties or whatever, right? Yeah, so Christy has written into us before and told us about these, and we've talked about it on the podcast, and I think we went, we talked at length with Camille about Pocahontas 2. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of, so well, yeah. Well, let's, well, that's a good segue. Let's bring on our first uh, uh, rotating guest. Yeah, it's Camille uh, Pavlenko, ladies and gentlemen, actress, improviser, but most importantly, past and future guest on this podcast. Uh, so we're going to start talking about the episode itself. Uh, kind of talk about Act One, uh, which, if you don't follow the act structure obsessively like I do, it's basically from the beginning until George Bush arrives. So you know the rummage sale, all that kind of stuff. Uh, welcome to the show, Camille. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for coming. Uh, so, Camille, is this the first time you've seen this episode? No, I okay. did. Uh, I haven't seen it in a very long, like, 15-plus years, though. 
Gotcha. Uh, and what 15. were your what were your some general thoughts? I just thoughts? wanted to make it a nice round number. <laughs> wow, that's so long. I well, it that wasn't a, a favorite. So oh, okay, fair enough. I, I just I never understood probably most of the references. I was I remember distinctly thinking, now this guy's probably a real person, but I was on the fence whether he was fictional or not. <laughs> like George Bush. George George H W Bush. Yeah. Yes. No, that's, that's a, fair. That's a great way to approach this episode. Just imagine that Bush is fictional. I think that's really funny. I was 50-50 at the time yeah. as a seven-year-old. So I was going to say, his, 96. His son was so. president at that time. Would he not have been? If you're, if uh, you're going back about 15 not years? Not y- uh, at the time of this episode, Aaron? No, oh, no. When, when, when 15 years ago, yeah. Oh, I, don't, well, I think I saw a rerun at some oh, point. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. uh, well, so... What what are just some general thoughts about about the episode on this rewatch? I guess uh, mixed because I understood it much more <laughs> as an adult, but not fully, and that was upsetting. I'm like, oh, there's still references I don't get. I'm not a well-rounded person. No. <laughs> well, uh, hey, what didn't you get? No, I don't want to say. Okay. Lots of little things. Never yeah, uh, no, there's lots, lots of small, I didn't get either. I okay. I mean, for this podcast, I researched the stuff I don't get and try to bring that up in the reference desk, which we'll get to near the end. But uh, we can obviously pepper them throughout. The podcast as well. Uh, <laughs> so, but for the for this act, so this first act mm-hmm. is you know pre George Bush arriving and it's all kind of set up. Uh, we have the rummage sale as kind of the the centerpiece of this episode. Has anyone ever done a rummage or gone to a rummage sale? I I feel like it seems like uh, some audience members. Yeah, <laughs> I meant the the panel mostly, yeah. but that's great to know <laughs> as well. No, I. My, my, I'm not trying to disclude you. I just I was curious to hear some thoughts from no, my, my my block here in town has one every year. Oh really? Yeah, yeah and the, the whole block that, and it is very. Like, it seems like such a foreign concept to me. Yeah. And I mean, I knew garage sales, but like rummage sale, it it's like where the whole neighborhood kind of comes together and everyone tries to sell stuff at the same time. Oh, just, okay. So this is a multi-house yard sale. Yes, it's the neighborhood. That is okay. the the kind of that's why there's why the different they call tables. It a neighborhood sale. Well, it doesn't really roll off the tongue as well. Or a rummage block sale? party. A, rock, a yeah, block, block party? party? That's you know? a different a thing. Sale. Is it a different thing? Yes. I've sold things at a block. People told me to stop. <laughs> well, that's why. That makes sense. I think if you said Do you want some Tic Tacs? Yes. know what you were selling. <laughs> that's true, yeah. Uh, today's episode is also brought to you by the Tic Tac Corporation. When you need to tic, take a tack. <laughs> tic Tac, your next treat. <laughs> <laughs> take a tack. Yep. Thank you for doing that. that old slogan. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Uh, Camille actually brought me these wonderful uh, yellowhead uh, Tic Tacs from uh, Italy, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've, uh, they've been around for quite some time. You guys want some Tic Tacs? Go well, go well with sure. Skittle Brow. Yeah. They, uh, they taste like Buzz Cola, actually. Mm-hmm. You want a Tic Tac? Sure. Yeah, you do. If it tastes like feel, Buzz Cola. Yeah, you'll feel instantly younger. I promise it tastes like Buzz Cola. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? No reason. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> uh, so this rummage sale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to talk a bit about... Uh, so first of all, Ned is going around with like a little microphone and like narrating it. Is that mm-hmm. normal at a rummage sale? <laughs> I think it would have been in the 1990s. Okay. Maybe. I don't, or I guess no. <laughs> no. I don't, I don't the think answer is no. Standard part of the rummage. All right. It might just be Ned's I, I, I Ned's little they, thing. They they wanted to get to the presumably had a, decided on the gag with disco stew and and then ba- you know kind of built it backward from there. Oh, it's yeah. like a Marvel action scene. They, <laughs> they build the, mo- the story around it. Like, no. it's like, we have to have this city fall down and let's build around that. I don't even know if that's true. I just wanted to talk about Disco Stew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about Disco Stew. Marvel movies are made around what cities fall down? <laughs> that's their motivation? 
I can only assume cities fall down a lot in those movies. Okay. Like, I can think of one city. <laughs> I can think of two. All right. Sokovia, anyway, New we're York, not here to talk about Marvel. That sounds like something the Cinepals could confirm. Oh, boy. <laughs> That that is not just, a, no, we're not doing a tangent. You're just oh. bouncing off all of these uh, bingo <laughs> spots. This whole now time. it's just for for bragging rights because the winner's already been declared. Oh, that's right. I didn't. There aren't multiple prizes. No, well, we didn't think it would well, happen so quickly. We honestly didn't think that. Yeah, we didn't think it would even happen. But keep doing it. If you do win, bring it to me. I'll give you a prize. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's a nice guy. Yeah, I that won't. was our first prize over there. <laughs> if it eventually comes comes around to like, there's more people. Mm-hmm. I will personally give you a prize. Cool. We I, could do like blackout too. I promise. What's black, oh. blackout oh, right. bingo? You have to fill all the squares. <laughs> right. Blackout bingo. I don't know if we'll get that far. Maybe. Um we'll Disco Stew. Yeah. So this is a great joke <laughs> that led to one of my least favorite characters on the show. <laughs> Agreed. Uh it should have remained a one-off joke. Well, we have an audience here. Uh show of hands or applause. Who likes Disco Stew? Okay. Who likes Disco Stew after this episode? A couple of plot. Okay, a, a few. smattering. A few. How many people don't care? So many. <laughs> well, we do. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why we're here. I think you might even be able to trace, like, uh, and I'm, I, I think if they don't have it already, I'm giving another square. You could trace the, the decline from Golden Age to uh, Zombie Simpsons. Uh, uh, by how tedious Disco Stew gets. Yes. I think he actually works for a couple more times. It's yeah. Like the that he comes back. Yeah, the couple little, like, cameos, got, as it were. The, he's wearing the platform shoes with that goldfish. Right, yeah. At the... At the uh, the um, the expo, I believe. Yeah, yeah. 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 When yeah, he's I mean, like, ah, fun, look at the then... disco music. It's it's going up till the seventies. If that continues, hey. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it didn't. Once, once they get to the point where it's every time there's an ensemble, Disco Stew is part of it. Is yeah. Well, of and once they get to like episodes revolving around Disco Stew, I think there's one where he like tries to marry Marge or something. I don't know. It's weird. It's stupid. What do you think anyway. of Disco Stew? I think I'm neutral overall. <laughs> I thought I thought positively uh, when he was in the... Actually, uh, when we were rewatching this episode and Homer pulls out the jean jacket with Disco Stew, I'm like, that's an obvious joke. Until I realized, oh, the character hasn't existed until probably this scene. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. much more funny then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I see where you're going with this. <laughs> but uh, so you thought it was like after... Like, I thought he'd already yeah. been introduced. That was uh, That's very similar to me knowing that Maggie shot Mr. Burns before I even saw the episode. Spoiler alert. Oh, <laughs> excuse me for a 25-year-old episode. Who shot Mr. Burns? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, in, uh, when Phil Hartman says, then they found out it was the baby, that was in the mm. 138th episode Spectacular. That's the first time I knew about who shot Mr. Burns, and therefore it was ruined for me. Mm. And this is the first time you see Disco Stew, but if you, of course, were like me, or you, who watched it on uh, syndication a lot, yeah. you probably would have been spoiled by several different episodes. It's true. Yeah. And so when Homer takes out that jacket, it's like... What are you doing? Yeah. But now, now I feel pretty, pretty neutral about him. I also remember, I guess the only other main disco stew moment I remember is the dead goldfish in the shoes. Yeah. Because that's, that's shortly it. after this. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, he's fine. Nah. He's, <laughs> he's fine. That's where we're settling on it. Completely down mm-hmm. the middle. Stew's fine. He can stay, mm-hmm. I guess. It's just one of the, for me, it's just one of those things where like the more it's, the more it's perpetuated, the less funny the original joke becomes. Uh, for anyone who heard my rant on Boo Earns and how I hate how that joke is just in culture now, it's one of the funniest jokes on the show, and I hate it now because of the way culture has co-opted it. Uh, it's kind of like Disco Stew. Where they play it at uh, hockey games now. 
boo urn? Yeah, they do a boo urn. Do they do it as a celebratory thing? Because it's supposed to be celebratory. No, they don't. Then they're idiots. Yes. All right. Sorry. That's... Listen to the other episode, the Even Stars Burns podcast episode. podcast might have a life of its own and might one day reach, you know, all the way to whoever whoever is in charge of Frankiac. Yeah. Uh, Frankiac, in my opinion, misspells Boorns. Oh, There's really? On several locations, I've tried, uh, like on, on Slack, you can, you can use, you can query Frank. Uh, oh, really? Uh, yeah. And I, I assumed it was B-O-O-Earns. Right. It's B-U-U-Earns, which makes yeah. sense. And I had to, like... I don't. I shouldn't go into the process by which I determined that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, if if the Frankiac people are out there listening, yeah, Frankiac spelled Boer. Get it together. It's clearly B O O dash. Yeah, we all know it. I have a I have a question for you, Camille. Mm. Um, have you ever in your travels run into somebody like Mrs. Glick? Is that old lady ninety dollars? Is that that old bitch? Can I swear <laughs> in the podcast? Of course you can. <laughs> The first, the very first thing I said was oh. "fuck you, LG." Oh, okay. That's true. <laughs> that is true. That was part of it. Um, <laughs> we got explicit yeah. rating yeah. on iTunes. I feel like she's very similar to I had a piano teacher <laughs> named Mrs. Merle, and she lived in this horrible apartment building in Lethbridge that always had those like maple, those maple bugs. There were like clouds oh. of them. Oh, in, um, gross! Like the little the the foyer where you have to beep to get up to the apartment, but she would take so long to get to the beep that they would they would just be swarming. And she was a lot like that. Like she had a lot of candy dishes and like <laughs> things that you couldn't touch. Just <laughs> candy dish. Just a like a that that's that's so true of so many like of, of so many houses that you go in where like people have like things just so. It's mm-hmm. like this is where the candy goes. <laughs> then that's yeah, it's a it. candy dish. That's it. Mm-hmm. It is just for candy. And it's, it's $90. Yeah, and it's like, can I, can I take a candy? No. Otherwise, there won't be any candy in it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. No. Well, and Ms., Mrs. Glick, in one of her previous appearances, has you know a candy dish, and he tries to take one, and they're all stuck together. <laughs> and that's very, like... It's very telling. Yes. Yeah. I've, I'm I, sure I, I I've met a woman like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, trying to take... Like, and it's, and it, yeah, and it's Do all... They're all slightly candy? melted, so it's like, oh, no thanks. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> um, Mrs. Glick is great. And also... Uh, what does Ned say at the... He's like, if you want an artificial tree trunk only... <laughs> Uh, that's that. That just makes me think of like a, a Christmas that went wrong. Yeah. Like, uh, how would we get to an artificial tree trunk only? The trunk has been saved, but the, the yeah, the leaves, as it were, have been burned. Was it perhaps a, a situation like the part, the time when Bart burned the tree down? Yeah, perhaps. that's what I was referencing. And it's like snow covers all, snow covers all, <laughs> snow covers all until it melts. We'll never know for sure. Never we'll know. never know. Yeah. Uh, but of course, so Ned is, you know, narrating this, and very quickly, Homer, as is his wont, uh, gets very upset at Ned for no reason, because uh, he's boring. He's so mean, but everyone <laughs> seems to be on board. Yeah. Oh, he's the king of the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, which, uh, also, I just want a slight tangent, but, like, all of those characters live in this neighborhood? Is that what we're to believe? That always bothered me about <laughs> this episode. Everyone in Springfield lives in Evergreen, Evergreen Terrace. Terrace. They apparently. might as well just call it Evergreen Terrace. Or the rummage sale is just so like legendary in Springfield that everyone comes to I, it. I think that's it. That yeah. the, 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 this is such a great rummage sale <laughs> that not only does everyone come to it, it changes You got the candy dishes. It changes yeah. the geography. Ayatollah the shirts. <laughs> I lo- incidentally, my favorite gag in that whole first act is the one guy in the audience. <laughs> he thinks he's better than America. Is he right? And, says, no. and the one guy goes, yes. yes. I love that. <laughs> that they, they use that gag several times in the show. And it works every single time. Anytime there's an audience where everyone agrees, and one guy goes, 
Well, yes. coming. <laughs> well, what was in um in in uh, last exit to Springfield? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the uh, great episodes the, 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 of all little, time. That little old guy. He's like, no, yeah, or, Do we all agree? <laughs> I, yeah, it was him. Let's get him, fellas. <laughs> Well, I think probably everyone comes to the rummage sale because they're like, oh, we live elsewhere in Springfield, but something, but that Homer family lives there, and something interesting always seems to happen every week. So let's go see. Every what major event there. in our lives revolves around them in some yeah, way. So. so let's go be at that. That's and they were fair. Right. Yeah, they yeah. were. They were. George Bush showed up. Yeah. Didn't really have much to do with The Simpsons. Homer <laughs> sure made it about himself. Well, yeah. But that's the whole point. I can attest, by the way, right here in Calgary in the year you know, 2018, 2019, you have a, 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 a full block rummage sale like we do on my block. People honestly do come from all over. Not only that, oh, really? they show up early to try and get the best deals. <laughs> and so, like, it's, there, is a, there is a whole subculture out there. That's true, yeah. Garage sale and yard sale obsessives. Deal, coupon are, coupon you know, hunters, what do they call them? Yeah, it's the same idea. Rummage enthusiasts. Sure. Yes. Or REs. That's the REs for short. They are <laughs> registered in a tax bracket. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so uh, to kind of wrap up this this act, because we want to keep moving here, uh, you know, Homer is basically showing his cards early on in this episode how he wants to be the center of attention. And so when Bush moves in, it's very quickly, he's already against him because he's like, who's this guy, you know, showing me up? Mm-hmm. And uh, we also, this is the first time we see this giant house across the street, which uh, I remember in like video games, they like kept that, as like a thing in like hit and run and stuff like that. Uh, that house is still there. It so. sure is. Oh. Uh, Camille, what's your favorite joke in this episode? Uh, do, does it have to be from my act? No, it doesn't. Okay, no. Great. Uh, okay. I had a couple like written down on the back of my bingo card, but I think my favorite is when he's in line in the drive-through at Krusty <laughs> Burger. It's like a crusty. Burger. And that doesn't sound very good. What kind of stew do you have today? <laughs> this is exactly how my dad orders in a drive-thru, so I very much relate. How similar really is that. George H.W. Bush to your dad? Uh, frighteningly so. <laughs> <laughs> As I rewatch this, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what it's like. And there's 10 cars behind. I'm like, just order it. And he's like, uh, whoa. let me have what's one of your. What's on the whopper? <laughs> oh. Does he actually ask what's on the whopper? Oh, absolutely. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> does it sound very appetizing? Yeah. Any other thoughts? Uh, no. yeah, I actually have two very quick questions. Sure. Uh, before I skedaddle here. Um, so during another act, we have, of course, the banner that's revealed. That's two bad neighbors. Yeah. Um, so if the bad neighbors in the episode are Homer and Bart, I don't know if you've already answered this. Um, so of the you two. Greg and Alan, who is the Homer and who is the Bart? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, say your answer in three of what, like who oh, you are? Yeah, who you think you are and who? Okay, I, uh, yeah, three, two, one, Bart. Homer. Oh! There it is. I mean, you're a little scamp. <laughs> you're a little, a little, little Rudiger. I'm like. a little stinker. <laughs> Please yeah. call me Rudiger, sir. <laughs> you wait a hundred episodes for these kind of revelations. That's right. Yeah. 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 There you go. That's great. Yeah. And, and I have one other very tiny question. It's my own micro reference desk for okay. this episode, like okay. for the Two Bad Neighbors episode. So, d d d d d d d d d et cetera. Chris, earlier you mentioned having an onion tied around your belt. And I just want to know what that means. I mean, I understand contextually what that means, but I really want to know the origin of that. I have never heard that term or expression before. Uh, I'd be happy to because it refers to one of the all-time great moments in the history of the show. Uh, also, Strike Episode, which Last if you read Planet Simpson, whoops, upside down, uh, Planet Simpson, you will you will hear it declared 
uh, uh, the best episode of all time. And I did that before Entertainment Weekly made it cool. Damn it. <laughs> it's true. I remember. Um, in, that, in that show, uh, in that episode, uh, the power plant goes on strike. And um, uh, Mr. Burns attempts to bring in strike breakers. And it's <laughs> basically Grandpa Simpson and his friends from the Springfield Retirement ca- Castle. And Grandpa Simpson... In, in explaining their plan to Mr. Burns, says, uh, you know, we can't crack heads the way, crack skulls the way we used to, but, but, but we have other ways of, of, you know, doing this. One way is to tell them stories that don't go anywhere. <laughs> and then he launches, like, I won't do the whole thing, but he launches into this long, elaborate story about going uh, to Shelbyville. What's, why is he going to Shelbyville? Did you get Something about his boot? Yeah. Yeah. And he had an onion tied to his belt. Yeah. Which was the style at the time. Yeah. yeah. So he explains that he had an onion tied to his belt because mm-hmm. that was stylish... In whatever whatever time, time he's he, referring yeah. to, which was also a time when when uh, 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 quarters had pictures of bumblebees on. <laughs> and there's a whole lot going. It's it is one of the great Grandpa Simpson moments of the entire show, it, uh, yeah. and it's run. And and the onion tied to my belt is like a like in in some Simpson circles is just like that. That is how you declare you're old. Say I'm I'm an old guy <laughs> talking shit. Yeah, which, perfect. Great. Which yeah. Is okay. Very appropriate right this instant for me. So that's what that word that's I like how that came full circle. Uh well, I think it's about time to move on to act 2. Let's do it. Thanks so, to Camille thank for joining so us. Much, thank Camille. you so much, Camille. Thank you so much. I'm a thousand percent positive she'll be on another episode very soon. Uh I mean she does live with you. She does live with me. <laughs> it's super It's really easy, easy to yeah, get her on. Yeah, I basically am like, Camille, I couldn't get a guest. She's guested on ones where we didn't plan for her to guest. That's guess. true. She it's, just comes barging in. We're like, what are you doing? She's like, hi. It's one of my favorite things. Okay. Our, uh, our, our next guest, uh, you may know him uh, as a doctor. He's you may an know him as an entrepreneur. Uh, but most importantly, you know him as a past and future guest from this podcast, Dr. Ife Abiola. <laughs> And he's uh, making a bold statement with his shirt choice Whoa. tonight. <laughs> well, he is a doctor. Well, doctor of what? Uh, <laughs> doctor of withdrawing my question. <laughs> so we head headlong into Act Two, where things begin to escalate, and we get into a full-blown, I think we would all agree, uh, extended parody of Dennis the Menace. Correct. And Mr. Wilson. Uh, did any of you see that movie when it came out? Oh, yes. With Walter Matthau, Walter Matthau and Christopher who, Lloyd mm-hmm. as the evil hobo? Which, you know, fun tie-in, those that don't know, uh, you know, Dan Castellaneta based his voice of Homer on Walter Matthau, so. That's, That's true. true. Yeah. yeah. Originally. So, like, when you watch the original shorts when he's like, oh, frosty chocolate milkshakes. Everyone That's down Walter the Matthau. shelter. Uh, but now he's, I mean, obviously the voice evolved and it doesn't really sound like Walter Matthau anymore, but that's what he based it on. Um, but yeah, the movie was bad. It was very bad. <laughs> very bad. Very bad indeed. I honestly thought the kid was Macaulay Culkin. I was sorely no, mistaken. No, absolutely not. It's very much Mac not Mac would not Culkin. do that. Yeah. No. <laughs> he is a good man. Mac. You're on yeah. a first name basis <laughs> well, with Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> I think I brought this up before about how the uh, My Girl tagline, the movie My Girl, which came out after Home Alone, yeah. the tagline is just, Mac is back. Because that's all they were banking the marketing on was, uh, you like Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone? Here he is again. Uh, dies by bees. Dies anyway. by bees. <laughs> Spoilers for My Girl from 1991 or whatever. It's very, very sad. It is sad. Allegedly. That's a great movie. Okay. Anyway, that's a Cinnables tangent. There you go. Wow. Uh, Ife. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. No, what do you think here. of the episode in general? This, this is, is I mean, I, I know you well enough to know that you've seen this episode many times. Yes. So, uh, you know, what, what about this time? Anything special jump out at you? 
Uh, like you had said, how apolitical it is. Um, I think that's, that's a, a big feature of this whole thing. But what just gets me a little more every time I watch this episode is how terrible of a person Bart Simpson is. Yes, okay. <laughs> I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to bring it up if you weren't. Ife is notoriously uh, known in this podcast as hating Bart Simpson. He's very anti-Bart. Yes, which, which is, is why okay. this is a great episode. It's an opinion. <laughs> it's fine. I'm mostly telling that for myself. Yes. Because he's an underachiever and proud of it. What's not to like? Rex things. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. He's a, he's a Rudiger. You know, Greg, Greg is the Bart, so. I, uh, he has I've, a spark. Mark he is very and he uses it for it. arson and things like that. He's terrible. He's a bad kid. Arson, vandalism, other petty crimes. Yeah, you know. Usual real money stuff. bootlegging. Oh, right. <laughs> so uh, George Bush was right in the episode. Yeah. In the episode. So. Yeah. Uh, that boy of his. That boy of his, yeah. yeah. No discipline from uh, Captain Wacky. Well, let's so. go over... Uh, <laughs> let's go over Later renamed Homer. some of the uh, quote-unquote horrible things Bart does in this episode. Uh, one, he comes over to George Bush's house uninvited. Very rude. Yeah, how dare he? Yeah. Uh, two, he uh, messes up his uh, playing cards with his electric shuffler. They only give you so many packs. Yeah. Uh, three, he wakes up George W. Bush. Using with, his, his, with his alpine horn. His but alpine the, the horn. clock says 319. Why is he asleep? Is that, <laughs> it's just, he's a, have you, he's an old he's man. An he old goes to bed man. at 2, oh. 2 p.m., and then up early, nice and early at 11 he p.m. Was, <laughs> he was 94 when uh. he died. He was already super old in 1996. That's true. That's why he was asleep at, ni- at 319. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that is definitely not something I noticed. Me neither. I, I would so, not have, good work, Ife. I would not have bothered, but that's very nice. <laughs> that's the, These I are like the kind that. of details you expect from this podcast. Especially a doctor. Yes. yes. Uh, he messes up his memoirs. However, it's not on purpose. Well... <laughs> uh, it looks, is, it looks to me like the motor is the one that it's, it has its mind of its own. It I aims highly, right for it. I highly believe that Ife is actually very much right. In this particular episode, Bart's a little shit and deserved to be spanked. Yeah. Uh, he, oh boy, like the memoirs fall. Like he, he specifically told not to touch the lawnmower. He pulls the cord, and then Bush says, "Don't touch it again," and he kicks it, and it does it again. So, I, I like to compare uh, former President Bush to Frank Grimes in this. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to do that. Yes. Because yes. He's, the, he's playing off this, like, the same way that Frank Grimes did for Homer. He's doing it for Bart. Like, yeah. oh, I'm just an outside character. Wow, this kid is straight out of the devil's balls or something. He's crazy. So, yeah, <laughs> it's the same thing. So I was gonna I was gonna bring this up with 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 uh, the panel here. Um, I I did notice there's a distinct parallel between George H W Bush and Frank Grimes in this in the fact that he's a he should be like a normal outsider, right. but his exposure to the Simpsons brings him down to the Simpsons level, or that's definitely what happens with Frank Grimes, right? Yes. Yeah. Or is the Simpsons in this trying to just expose? Is it like used to expose Bush for who he really, really is? I think it's more the latter. I think that Frank Grimes, the Frank Grimes episode, which is coming up uh, season eight, we'll talk about it more at length, but that's very much, you know, this is a normal guy who's just trying to do his job and just a normal American who's like, ah, come on, I just want to live my life. And Homer drives him to suicide. Yes. <laughs> um, to insanity and suicide. 
And this is more just, you know, this former president who thinks he's, you know, the greatest president. He probably. makes fun of the way you talk. Probably. <laughs> That's probably. probably. Uh, he just can't handle the antics of Bart, particularly. Uh, and, you know, Homer and his feud is more about both of them having large egos. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The, well, the, well, the, the other thing, too, though, is I think, like, with Frank Grimes, I think the... the, the and, and, I mean, just for the record, I think the, the writers have kind of been uh, 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 forthcoming on this. The intention was to demonstrate that Homer, though he was this beloved hero was actually a terrible person. Yes. Yeah. Like, they were, they were, they, there was this sort of... It's, it's interesting, because this is happening right now with the whatever anniversary it is of The Sopranos. and, and uh, 20, I think. Is it? Yeah. yeah. And, and David Chase has been talking in interviews, like, he did not intend for, for his main character to be that sympathetic, but people kind of right. love Tony Soprano. Well, and he, he birthed the anti-hero character, yeah, yeah. Simil- Breaking Bad. Similarly, Homer's supposed to be kind of terrible, and, and, and they were exposing that. Whereas, I don't think you're supposed to empathize with George... George H.W. Bush, very much. You're supposed to think what a what, what a, a what a, what a, what a hysterical yeah. yeah yeah it's um, it's it's less of like and and, and 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 you're you're saying he has every right to be an absolutely an yeah yeah you, you it exposes how awful he is because you know you say especially as you get older like I would act the same way like someone needs to curb this young child so <laughs> well. That's where we disagree. <laughs> I, I feel I Bart is just being a 10-year-old kid, and you're in for a rough awakening if you ever have kids, Ife. Uh, <laughs> can we talk a little bit about Barbara Bush in this episode? Yes, we, we can. She's, She's making rice, and it'll be a while. It'll yeah. be a while. Yeah. Barbara Bush is wonderful. I love Barbara Bush in this episode. She's so funny. Uh, she has one of my favorite lines in the episode, which is, I'm not getting involved, George. Um <laughs> uh, and she is just such a... She's the sympathetic one, yes. I think. She presents herself as reasonable, as sympathetic, very much the counterpoint to Marge. Sure. Um, they, and the, the scenes that they... Like, the very few moments that they share with each other, I'm like, ah, this is very much like that little letter that they wrote back and forth. Find it online. It's very fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I, I like... Like I said at the beginning, how, like, Barbara Bush arguably started this feud, and then the writers, you know arguably take the high road by not ever like taking a dig at her at all. In fact, making her one of the best reason, reasonable characters in the episode. Uh, and I just love how, like the what I think the telling part of the episode of how George and Barbara both deal with Bart is when he says, do you have, or can I have some candy? And <laughs> Bush's reaction is no, go away. <laughs> like very mad to a child asking for candy. And then she, Barbara's just like, no, nah, we, you know, most old people don't eat candy, but I'll bake you some cookies. Like, she's very nice and just like... To a child that just and shows it, up in your home. Yeah. Well, yeah. your neighbor, Ife, again. <laughs> it, was, it was a different time. Again, rude awakening. <laughs> coming, for, coming for Ife. Incidentally, and I have no idea how overt this was, but like the, the, the degree to which they've, they've cast Barbara Bush against type, because yes. Barbara Bush is famously like absolutely steel-nerved. Yeah. She was the reason the Bush dynasty existed politically. Yeah. She was yeah. pulling all the strings behind the scenes, and they've created her as this kind of you know, like the matronly... You're uh, right, and that might be a dig in like a very yeah. sneaky way, but I still like that they went that route. <laughs> Um, In these first two acts, the only thing I find that Homer actually has to do, really, other than do the block party thing, which is, uh, sorry, rummage sale. Thank you. Uh, is, is to uh, figure out an excuse to go to war with George Bush. Yeah. That's, that's really his entire arc of this particular act, is he's trying to, like, he's like, 
He's, he's, he looks up his him in the, the he encyclopedia. He's lying. All he, right, story checks if out. If Lisa didn't vote for him and I didn't vote for him, then he's looking for an excuse. Yeah. You were going to say something, he, you think. He treats uh, Homer treats former President George Bush a lot like he treats Flanders, except that George Bush will actually stick up for himself. Exactly, yeah. George well, Bush and, and, and we see very similar. And we see that. We know, see it very early when, yeah, yeah, when they come over. But uh, George Bush, <laughs> uh, you know, World War II veteran, CIA operative, uh, will fight back. And that's the only thing that keeps Homer from driving someone to suicide, the same way he did with Frank Grimes. So. Now, uh, to keep things rolling a bit, the act ends with George Bush spanking Bart. Yep. Very mild spanking, but a spanking nonetheless. Uh, and then Homer getting very upset about this. Uh, he spanked you? Yeah. You? <laughs> Bart Simpson? <laughs> the, the, the child that I strangle every time I you know, get mad? Um, which is interesting, but I mean, obviously, like, I think Homer's reasoning is, you know, he's even says it like he wants to choose how yeah. to discipline him. It's his son. Mm-hmm. No one but Homer should be allowed to spank or strangle Strangle. his own son. (laughs) Exactly. That's the point. Yeah. It's a free country. I thought this was America. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's uh, an interesting uh, idea of like maybe in 96, I don't know about, you know, about you guys' experience uh, and we don't want to get too deep into spanking or anything, but um, you know, that idea of corporal punishment, whatever you want to call it, uh, is pretty common with the, the previous generation, I'd say. Uh, you know, my dad was into uh, corporal punishment more so than my mother, but it wasn't it wasn't as common these days. From my understanding, again, I don't have kids, but uh, so we're not talking from anywhere of any any place of actual no, research. It's definitely here. a phenomenon on the decline. For yeah, sure. yeah, and, and, I and think it a, is as, a, as an official <laughs> like, a, like, a, like a thing that you even if you I think you're still doing, you wouldn't say. Hey, I, you know, I, I hit my kid all the time. Right, yeah, it's a little time. more uh, uh, behind the scenes. <laughs> Probably yeah. keep that on the down low, yeah. sack of oranges type thing. Did this episode come out before uh, the Australia episode or after? It's after. It's after, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because obviously there was this thing. The whole thing about booting and, yeah. yeah. The, the Singapore caning thing. Which right, yeah, yeah. Was sort of riffing on, yeah. It's just a little boot in the bum. No. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but so this idea of uh, him not only spanking him, uh, in George Bush's mind, it seems like the right thing to do, but I think a lot of parents would probably say, no, only I can spank my child, and if anyone else does, that's like, I don't know, maybe a felony in some crossing a line. <laughs> they have a good little commentary on it where uh, Grandpa says, and that's why your kids are running wild, and points <laughs> to Lisa, and she's just quietly reading a book. <laughs> it's wonderful. Oh, it's brilliant. That's why you're no good kids are running wild. <laughs> she just <laughs> smiles. She's just like, hi. Yeah. Incidentally, one of the all-time great Grover Cleveland references, too. Oh, oh yes. yeah. yeah. Let's not let that slide by. If Which... Grover Cleveland is going to be represented in some sort of pop culture reference, I really hope it's about being spanked on two non-consecutive occasions by said Grover Cleveland. Well, and the writer of this episode has said that that's a joke he uses all the time. <laughs> he's used a non-consecutive Grover Cleveland joke in like all of the things he's ever done. I believe it's in the pilot of Futurama as well. So <laughs> I got to find that. Yeah. Uh, find that. It's the pilot it's of Futurama. <laughs> I don't know, man. Good, <laughs> to, good luck. Greg. Go to a rummage sale and find it. Sorry. Uh, so we got to move on to our next guest. Uh, Ife, do you have any... What's your favorite joke of the episode? Yeah. Probably the, uh, the graffiti. It's so anticlimactic, where you're like, oh, here he goes, and then it's... I he, pulled a couple of pranks he, in my day. He, he, uh, he politely spray paints a sheet, and then hangs it up yeah. on his own on house. On his own house, yep. 
by the way. And it's and not even like explain it and takes the time <laughs> to explain to the neighborhood people why those two people who you should know, who you should identify from his yes. true drawing, are the man and his boy. And he doesn't remember one of their names. And it's not. And it's not even like you know. Uh, th- fuck these guys. Just like two bad neighbors. Like just so calm. That's and like, the worst insult you yeah. can think of. They're just. They're, I don't they're understand. They're not very by. nice. And it's like, oh boy, look out. Are you saying you and Barbara are bad neighbors? Oh. <laughs> this boy. I also love like this in that joke. I love the fact that Homer, or sorry, that Bush doesn't know Homer's name. That just <laughs> yeah. ah, it's just so perfect. He's like, I don't know the name of the man. But I don't he hates care him so much. Yeah. <laughs> That's all a, right. Uh, that's any final show. thoughts on the episode there, sir? Uh, great episode. It's very rewatchable, um, even though it's referencing people who are no longer culturally relevant, really, and, you know, dead. Uh, it's still <laughs> fantastic. It's a wonderful, wonderful episode. I love it. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much, Ife. Yeah, we will talk to you later. All right. Our next and final guest of this, uh, this evening. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, that's a really nice hat. Th- thanks. Can I have it? No. Okay. Our final guest tonight. What the hell? <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> Our final guest tonight is, uh, well, he, you know more of what he does. Sure. I know you name. may know him as the host of Woohoo Classic Simpsons Trivia here in YYC. You may know him as a trivia contestant at uh, Quiz Shoe. <laughs> you may also know him as a past and future guest of this year's podcast, Adam DeHatchek. Come on up, Adam. Take your time. We don't have anywhere to be. Uh, Adam will be continuing the evening tonight by hosting trivia, so stick around for that. That's right. Welcome to the show, Adam. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. You can move my that own trivia want. show. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have you. Great to have you at your own trivia show. That sounded so much meaner than I meant it to. <laughs> I think you meant it in a in a in a nice spirit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It, was, it was a gentle ribbing. All right. I will take it in the spirit in which it was given. Ah, you got me right in the side there. Uh, Very nice. So what are, your, what are your thoughts about the episode as a whole there, Adam? Uh, the episode as a whole, it's, uh, it's great. It's one of the stronger episodes, and uh, it's, it's sort of a pillar in the argument that uh, I've seen made on the internet before, but... I'm going to claim it as original, that uh, The Simpsons was really good at neutral political satire. Right. They, they made episodes funny for people, regardless of their political leanings. This maybe skewers George Bush a little bit more than some of their others did, but they made fun of everybody in a time, I guess, when American politics was less insane and didn't have as many Nazis in it. <laughs> One of my uh, one of my one of my favorite jokes many. of the Simpsons. I, this is probably out of the golden era, but it's when uh, uh, Bush, uh, not Bush, uh, Clinton is walking down the street playing the saxophone, and Mo says, "Hey, Clinton, get back to work." And Clinton just says, "Make, Make me. me," and just starts <laughs> playing the saxophone again. Uh, I think that's a really great little piece of satire, and we have both on either side. It's really, yeah, you're right. You're <laughs> absolutely right. Roasting the new guy, love yeah, it. And I think that is still golden era. I, yeah, I believe the, it is. Yeah, the episode is. It's going to come to me later. It's going to drive me nuts until then. Okay, Good. we'll just keep that bug That's in what your we brain, hope. slowly Fantastic. driving you mad. Yes. Much like knowing the Matrix is a thing. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant the movie. I'm like, why does that? Oh, no, I get it. a line it. The from actual Morpheus Matrix, says yeah. it anyway. No, I understand. Moving right along. Uh, so this act is basically all about the feud between Homer and Bush. This uh, is Homer finally getting his excuse. He yes. says there's going to be trouble, and there's definitely trouble. For you. 
damn it. <laughs> um, the first thing they do, 200 bottle rockets. Yep. It's a great idea. Sure. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, the, it's set up as like, oh, because he's doing toe touches in front of his window. And then like immediately he's just like watching out the window. <laughs> he's just like, he's like, damn, these bottle rockets. And I believe a uh, homage to uh, the Iraq war. So, oh, yeah? Was there yeah. a famous picture taken of him standing out there looking at the... I haven't seen it. I thought it was a uh, homage to the um, American national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner. Ah. You know, the rockets, red glare, the bombs bursting in air. No, I'm familiar. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually trying to think, though, because the, the whole thing with the, when, with the first Iraq war, the way it kind of... I'd never thought of this before, but the, but the way it kind of you know, introduced itself to the world was this nighttime airstrike. The, right, right. Kind of, I'm just thinking about the way they animated the the the, the bottle rockets going off. That might be. They did. I, I, this would be the kind of thing <laughs> back in the day on the list serve or whatever the hell they used for. Right, uh, the Usenet. Did they actually? Was it actually a reference? Well, to, I listened uh, to the commentary for this episode, and they said it is a reference to the Iraq War. So, so could uh, could this uh, entire uh, act and the rapid escalation of the fighting between the. The two sides of the street maybe be a extended metaphor for a mutually assured destruction of the Bush era that uh, that he made his name in, being the vice president during the Reagan era and all that sort of thing. Yes. Okay. Well, that well, was my silly. academic thought. Moving right along. Case closed, everybody. All right. Oh, and speaking. <laughs> I told you of I case- don't want to get political on this podcast. Um, speaking of <laughs> cases being closed, one of our audience members has helpfully informed us through the magic of the internet. That uh, Clinton getting back to work is from Bart Gets an Elephant. So Bart Gets an Elephant. Oh, that's early in the Golden Age. We've already seen it. Yes. (laughs) Who was that? It doesn't matter. Whoever it was. Uh, Thank you. It was Alex. That's Alex. Appreciate it. Thank you. You know what we're all saying? Where's my (laughs) I know I am. (laughs) Uh, So bottle rockets. And then (laughs) that's when, of course, the the banner comes up. Two bad neighbors. Uh, Quickly taken down. Uh, <laughs> which I do want to mention is is Harry Shearer doing an entire conversation all by himself. Hibbert and Ned and George Bush all talking to each other. Just Harry Shearer, episode's MVP. Yeah, great. Quite great obviously the episode MVP. Uh, but then they do the Whig offensive. Yes. Which, which uh, I think Ezra was mentioning that might be a reference to the Tet offensive. Which I mean, I think it's just a reference to the blank offensive, yeah. which is a thing they use yeah. in wartime, I believe. Could I've be. never been, the I've most never been famous to war. blank offensive is the Tet offensive, though. Sure. So who knows? Yes. Uh, and Tet means head in French. Wig on the head. Hello. It is definitely a reference to the Tet offensive. It is confirmed. Thank you. Just came up with that. <laughs> Uh, confirmed by sporadic applause. That's like, right. Yeah, that's, 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 that's democracy. Yeah, yeah. That's democracy. He uh, he speaks French. I do. Yeah. Um, so this, I do love this this part because they have uh, the cutouts of George Bush Jr. <laughs> and Jeb Bush, your sons, your sons. Which uh, <laughs> I, on the commentary they actually said as well that they weren't even thinking because this is long before George W. Bush was you know uh, in politics, I believe. Or at least, like, I don't know, maybe he was a uh, he might have governor still been or whatever. An alcoholic what was he, a governor? Point. I think he yeah. was the governor of Texas at he this He might have been a governor at the time. But anyway, like, no one really cared about him at this time. And so, like, in their minds, they had Homer call him George Bush Jr. Because they, he just, they assumed that Homer would assume he had a son named George Bush Jr. <laughs> it's not actually a reference to George W. Bush in Homer's mind. He's just like, yeah, he's probably got a son named George Bush Jr. 
But he definitely knows about Jeb. He knows Jeb, 100%. Yeah. Because Jeb was supposed to be the president. That's right. Um, t- t- many times. I guess. <laughs> he hopes. Yeah. So he, he wanted to be president. Yeah. Does yeah. that count? No. It, well, yeah. Uh, no. No, it doesn't. No. But then they, so they put the wig on. Uh, I just love the, the fact that he cuts the wig. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't try and like cut it right at the, like he doesn't want to cut his hair. No. So he's like, I'll just, I'll just shave the wig into a nice pleasing form. <laughs> Don't want it to be an Afro. The I want audience, it to be a nice short. The audience of the Elks club is one of my favorite uh, things that they I've ever seen. They all want to know about the wig. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, just, just, they're waiting till the end. They're, just, they're, they're staring at him doing this. And it's like, are there any questions? Immediately. Yeah. All of them shoot their hands up. Keeping in mind. <laughs> I've already explained about the hair. Keeping in mind. Oh, right. Yeah. The Simpsons. Right. Yeah. So I also like the idea that in this speech, he probably opened it with, by the way, <laughs> let me explain about my hair. <laughs> that was the opening. It, yep. of course, uh, ends with him doing donuts on the front lawn of the Simpsons, uh, Simpsons yard. Yeah, I think he's lost. He's not lost. <laughs> he's not lost. That's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> Uh, was that Marge? And she's like, maybe he's lost. Yeah. yeah. And was a sweet, innocent Marge. <laughs> so sweet. So nice. <laughs> and them going underneath the sewers. And Bart just has a box of locusts. Oh, yeah. He just He's ready to these. go. He's a miscreant. Locusts. This ties in with Ife's theory about him no, being they, terrible. They, clearly, he's ordered them from a lab supply company. Yeah. It's very clearly. Edmund Scientifico, which yeah. is a real place, apparently. <laughs> that just make biblical plagues to have on hand. Yes. So you can throw them at former presidents? That's their motto. Okay. <laughs> Biblical mean, plagues on hand. So you throw can them at th- presidents. <laughs> Maybe that's their research. They want to test the effects of locusts on former presidents. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Um, George sees this. He says, if, if they think George Bush doesn't want to go in the sewer, they don't know George Bush. It's very true. He was the... He was dirty. The director of it's central uh, intelligence. You I don't bl- get I, there without... <laughs> Twing. His his political campaign was one of the dirtiest in history, I believe. So I think that's what that subtle dig is, is that he's a dirty man. Is that the whole Lee Atwater thing? I don't know. Oh, is that the one where like the, the guy like uh, the fr- ah? It's a whole thing. I'm not gonna. I get told into you it. no he's, politics. Yeah, we're not gonna get into it. He's a guy who made ads. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it is the Atwater thing. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, quite the, the Willie Horton ad was the, the most notorious of the Dirty Tricks campaign, or the, the sort of Dirty Pool campaign. That and that was like he was on like the furlough, and it's like he dies, yeah. and like there's Which a murder. Which they also reference in, yeah. in Sideshow Bob Roberts, where yeah. he's got the, right. the revolving door. Uh, Prison. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they have their big fight, and then uh, Gorbachev comes. Did anybody know that that was Mikhail Gorbachev when they first saw this episode? No, I thought that was blood on his head. I did too. I thought it was a stain of some kind. Well, maybe I mean, he it kind of is. Chocolate <laughs> ice birth, cream. A birth stain? So it was just a random Russian person? Nothing gets <laughs> chocolate out. And yeah, I thought it was a random Russian guy. Yeah, just a random Russian guy. I knew no, it was but a honestly, thing. Honestly, when I first saw this episode as a child, I honestly was like, why is there blood on that man's head and no one is saying anything? This is so weird. It was really the strangest thing until I knew who Gorbachev was. And I'm like, oh, it wasn't blood at all. No, it's not. It's a birthmark. Uh, I just came for a warming of house. And said, find you grappling with... Local off. Local off. <laughs> One of my favorite lines in Russian ever. <laughs> uh, 
apparently, does anybody know what he says? Uh, I looked it up. Uh, there's kind of two th- yeah. schools of thought. One is that he says, uh, wait till my boss hears about this. Yeah. Uh, the other one is, well, we know who's boss around here. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a funnier one. Yeah, so that's after, you know, he apologizes and shows weakness in front of the Russians. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which you're not supposed to do. You can't show weakness in front of the Russians. No. I guess, especially if you're a... I also just love the moment where Bush is trying to explain things to Gorbachev because <laughs> it sounds so ridiculous. <laughs> but but Mikhail, they put a wig on my head and my, my, my memoirs, and it's just like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> You're insane. He doesn't even finish the sentence about his memoirs no. before Barbara interrupts him and demands that he apologize. Well, yeah, she's like, this has gone on far enough, and I, I think she's right. Like, this is insane. That's you have kind locusts of, that's, in the sewer. That's kind of a reference to her steeliness, I think. Could well, be. I think that, that she's ultimately the authority in the, yes. in the house, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, when, like, um, when you, you know who wears the pants in that relationship, dude. Well, well when, when she runs out Thanks, of patience. 50s stand-up comic. <laughs> <laughs> when she runs out of patience, she has no, no problem with putting George in his place, which is, which is really nice, yeah. I think. Uh, that's, that's kind of a good place to leave his character on, completely, like, Undermined. Well, and his the last the last image of him angrily honking the horn to leave is my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, let's get the hell out of here. And then, of course, we get uh, Gerald Ford. Correct me if I'm wrong, but these are both single term presidents, right? Yeah, he wasn't because Gerald Ford was never elected. Yeah, Yeah, he was. Ford wasn't even a full term. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. Gerald Ford was promoted from vice president. Thank you, Nixon, and (laughs) and promoted to vice president. from, I can't remember who. Oh, from Spiro Agnew. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he, he was the only president who, who served as vice president and president without ever being elected. Which vice president do you think you are? <laughs> I don't care. In a BuzzFeed <laughs> quiz. <laughs> I would get Al Gore. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you are hearing me talk. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Gerald Ford comes in, and uh, he's very much the antithesis of Bush. He is pretty much a Homer clone. He's literally voiced by Dan. Yeah. Dan Castellaneta. We're on a first-name basis. And, <laughs> thank you. And uh, they, they have that iconic trip Yeah, uh, where they both say dough. Yeah. Because that's who Gerald it? Ford was. Well, the, the, so they, And I honestly don't know. Cause, so this, is, this was a huge thing. When I was when I was fairly young, and you're first discovering Saturday Night Live as an institution, that like half of how Chevy Chase became a big star was by doing this really bad Gerald Ford Pratt impression, two thirds of which was just pratfalls. Yes, because <laughs> I guess like Gerald well, famously Ford, George, or, sorry, uh, Jerry Ford tripped once. Yeah, and ended up with everyone was like, oh, there, he, we got him. That's that's his thing now. <laughs> he falls, and Chevy Chase is like, great, that's my thing now, yeah. and that's how I do impressions. Saturday Night Live characters have many facets. Yes. <laughs> multi-dimensional, multi-layered. Well, characters. the I mean to bring it to this episode, the Dana Carvey impression of George H. W. Bush is where "not gonna do it" comes from, and he says that in this episode, or he says "not gonna happen," but that's supposed to be kind of a tie into that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, we, Adam, yeah, what's your favorite joke in the episode? Ooh, um, you knew this was coming, so <laughs> I know it. It was for effect. Shut up. All anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> The effect was trying my patience. Anyway. uh. (laughs) Neat. Uh, (laughs) Favorite joke was probably one that's been uh, gone over already, uh, which is Grover Cleveland spanking (laughs) Abraham Simpson on two non-consecutive occasions. Perfect. Um, 
But uh, I am actually really partial to the uh, sort of finale and outro where Homer meets Gerald Ford because I find it oddly heartwarming. I bet he made a new friend. He did. Who's who's exactly like him, who's drawn to look as much like him as possible. He still looks reasonably like Gerald Ford, but he's definitely like a Homer Simpsonized Gerald Ford. Yeah. Yes. And just just the way he delivers such simple concepts as enjoying football and nachos and beer, <laughs> it just strikes the right chord with me. I don't know why. Well, that's beautiful. I guess I enjoy those things. That is a beautiful sen- sentiment, and I, I hope they were happy. I mean, they got that picture together that, that stays in the Simpsons' house for long after this. Long it's enough for Frank the, Grimes yeah. to get upset about it, yes. Yeah, yeah. Frank Grimes sees it and is baffled by it. <laughs> As he should be. Uh, anyway. And any final thoughts, yeah. Adam? Um, thanks for doing a great podcast. Everybody, stick around for trivia. Great. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Thanks. Thanks, Adam. Adam. Thank you so much. Uh, what right. time is it? Uh, don't 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 worry about it. Uh, so we're gonna roll right through the I reference mean, what, test what are, what are we real, doing? Yeah, real there we quick. Go. Reference test. So, Dream Police by Cheap Trick. Who sings that early on? The Ayatollahs. I mean, he lists three of them. Asahola. Oh, sure. <laughs> he lists three of them. I don't want to talk about them. Because uh, I've never looked this up. Are they, are they actual Ayatollahs? I believe so. They, yeah, okay. Yeah. We got a thumbs of, up from Ife, yeah, who one, I know one, is the Ayatollah expert. One of my favorite in the episode is that Homer has this weird encyclopedic yes. knowledge of Iranian internal religious politics. <laughs> um, it's an, and, and they do it in a way that doesn't make it seem out of character somehow, which is amazing. I love those moments where Homer has those moments of uh, brilliance, I guess you could say, yeah. where he, like, it, it's with the Supreme Court justices as well. Like, he always, <laughs> for some reason, knows all of the Supreme Court justices. And uh, it's a nice little character thing. Uh, we got Big Spender, which is uh, from the musical Sweet Charity, which I didn't know. I didn't know that was from so musical. So musical nerds probably did. Uh, of course, Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. Uh, so... Homer says, I voted for Prell to go back to the glass bottle. That's a uh, shampoo that apparently had an actual like, ad, like, ad campaign. where Because the, they were in a glass bottle originally. They went to a plastic bottle. And they actually had like, a thing where, vote in if you want us to go back to the glass bottle. Never intending to go back to the glass bottle. So that's why Homer's like, you know, I've been deeply cynical ever since. Because he voted for it to go back and it didn't happen. And that's what causes voter apathy. There you go. Uh, we got uh, Bill Clinton. Roasting the new guy. Yep. Dennis the Menace. Charlton Heston is mentioned. Uh, Bob Mossbacker, which is uh, a dumb name. Uh, he was the Secretary of Commerce, is what <laughs> George was going to say. What a before he's interrupted. <laughs> cabinet member. <laughs> I love it's great. it. It's great. Uh, Helmet Cole. That's where he got the Alpine horn. Uh, Kenna Bunkport uh, is apparently his hometown. Uh, George Bush's hometown. Yeah, that's where they go and like uh, hang out. Yeah. Uh, so there's the the brief uh, shot of his memoirs memoirs being shredded, and there's a, a freeze frame. Uh, Ezra will pull up for the for the live audience. Uh, it says uh, Dan Quayle is an embarrassment. <laughs> VP. Or sorry, VP Quayle. VP Quayle an is an embarrassment. So that's yeah. the only little sneak peek we get into his memoirs, aside from the passage he reads to us near the end there. Uh, Grover Cleveland, of course, two non-consecutive terms. Uh, the Elks Club, the George Bush Jr. and Jeb Bush. Edmund Scientific Co. with the Locust. Like I said, that's apparently a real place. Uh, Manuel Noriega, who is deposed as the leader of Panama, is who Marge mentions 
Or sorry, uh, B- Barbara mentions at the end. At the same time, a nemesis and an ally of the United States. Exactly. Uh, Gorbachev, uh, the Japanese banquet that Chris, of course, brought up earlier. He actually vomited on a Japanese prime minister, and that's hilarious. And then uh, the tax hike. Uh, Notoriously, George Bush's platform. No more taxes. Read my lips. lips. Yeah. Yeah. And then he raises taxes. Yep. Uh, That's all I had for references. Uh, Let's talk about our favorite jokes. Yeah, let's do it before we have to wrap this thing up. Yeah. Um, Chris, you want to go first? Uh, well, we already we've already mentioned the Ayatollah stuff, so yeah, you know, I, I feel like we've covered my my very favorite. I do think to to come back to it, uh, a, a, as an old old man in this room who remembers seeing this for the first time when you had no you had no idea it was going to turn into a recurring thing. The disco stew that that he has this jacket where he couldn't fit disco stud, and then this disco stew shows up at the time was just a killer joke. I yes, mean, it was, agreed. And and. and and yes, it eventually turned into obnoxious zombie Simpsons <laughs> beating a dead horse a thousand times. Yeah. But at the time, and so I mean, I'm, I'll come back to that one and say Disco Stew. And, and the fact that Disco Stew, his, when he doesn't want the jacket, it's because Disco Stew doesn't, doesn't advertise. advertise. <laughs> it's, it's a, Even though he calls himself by his third name all the time, <laughs> so he does advertise. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, my favorite joke, uh, so I, I just very briefly, boys, where you going is really funny to me. When his son's apparently floating in the sky, and that's his reaction is, where are you going? <laughs> just like, <laughs> very sadly. Uh, but my favorite joke is the whole bit, and surprise, surprise, it's a Skinner thing. The whole bit with Skinner in the tie rack. Um, I just love... <laughs> it's such a Skinner thing. Like, uh, you know, I've, now the ties are motionless, and... I had one in the back I can hardly see, and I only have one tie anyway, so <laughs> it just <laughs> progresses and then immediately comes back to buy it. And then buys, and the, then buys the, motor. The, the motor later. Oh, man, it's so good. Greg? Um, I'm not getting involved, George. I just think that's one of the funniest things in the world. The whole two bad I, neighbors bit. Yeah, the whole bit, two bad you know. neighbors bit I think is one of the funniest jokes ever put on television, and just the whole idea of, like... I. I don't know the man's name. The boy's name is Bart. Barb, what's the name of the man? (laughs) I'm not getting involved. I thought it was pretty (laughs) self-explanatory, but I'll take the banner down. He's so quick to give up. He's just like, fine. (laughs) These three random people don't get it, and it's done. Just instant over, moving on. That's it. It's a a great joke, and Harry Shearer gives an amazing performance. Uh, So... I mentioned at the top of this we were going to do a quick Q&A. Uh, I only got one question on Twitter. What was it? Uh, don't you hate pants? <laughs> <laughs> I do hate pants. Yes. Uh, I think we can all agree that pants should be banned. Can't stand pants. Can't stand pants. Yeah. Um, that being said, if uh, I mean, you obviously didn't check the email. so I did if check we, the email. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I obviously did check the email. Yeah, obviously. Uh, and we didn't get any. So that means we can wrap this sucker up. Yes, because we were running a bit late, and uh, we do have to make way for Simpsons Trivia starting right away. Uh, I just want to thank everyone for coming sincerely. Thank you so much to Chris Turner for joining us today. Thank you to all three of our guests, Ife, Adam, and Camille. And a special thanks to Dickens Pub for putting this whole thing on. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you to Ezra for running our sound and our media. Uh, Thank to everybody here. We really appreciate it. We hope you guys, uh, if you're not familiar with this podcast, listen to us now that you've seen it. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Bye, everyone. Good night, everybody. Keep watching the ski. ski.